When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everybody? I'm going to initiate a call to action for everyone to donate $1.99 so that you can access the back catalog of the podcast as well as to help your podcast grow. I'm trying to grow the podcast and I want to do that with you guys and make it better and brighter and bring you more information. So if you want to access the back catalog and help support me as an artist, I appreciate you. And please donate at anchor.fm underneath Lockdown Universe. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well and taking care of yourselves. So today we're going to talk a little cowboys and aliens. Remember that movie? I do. And it got a pretty raw review when it first came out. Now I'm not going to do the podcast on the movie, don't worry. Um, I'm actually going to talk about some real aliens that took place, uh, or at least were encountered during the cowboy times. However, I thought it reminded me of the fact that there was a movie named Cowboys and Aliens back in 2011. And I, I looked to see if there were any similarities uh, between the movie and this encounter, and um, the only similarities are the fact that there are cowboys and aliens in both stories. However, the plot is completely different. But what did you guys think about that movie, Cowboys vs. Aliens? A lot of people gave it mediocre reviews. It only got 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it had Daniel Craig in it, Harrison Ford, um, you know, Olivia Wilde, Sam Rockwell. So, man, a lot of, a lot of big-name uh, actors. But a lot of people felt like the movie tried to please everyone, and it just failed. But I did think it was pretty cool that Daniel Craig had that little bracelet that turned out to be a super weapon to be able to blast down uh, alien spacecraft. I thought that was pretty neat um, and unexpected. So... Let's move on here and uh, let's take a look at this article, which is pretty cool because this article actually has newspaper clippings from the 1800s, actually 1891. So uh, I found this article um, that uh, was written in 2015 um, on Hoosier State Chronicles, uh, and it talks about an alien encounter that took place September 5th, 1891. So it states, around 2 o'clock in the morning, Saturday, September 5th, 1891, Crawfordsville, Crawfordsville, <laughs> uh, I believe it's Indiana, uh, ice delivery men, so these guys were delivering ice, uh, Marshall McIntyre and Bill Gray prepared their wagon for morning rounds when suddenly a feeling of awe and dread came over them. Now, makes sense right whenever something dangerous is in your environment you're going to have this weird feeling in your stomach you get you know when people are looking at you we have a sixth sense so as they peered upward or heavenward as they state in the article the men saw a horrible apparition 
Now this is where it goes to quote the Crawfordsville Journal back in 1801. It was about 18 feet long, 8 feet wide, and moved rapidly through the air by means of several pairs of fins on its side. It was pure white and had no definite shape or form. It resembled a great white shroud fitted with propelling fins. There was no tail or head visible, but there was one great flaming eye and a sort of wheezing plain plaintive sound, like a complaining sound, that was emitted from the mouth which was invisible. It flapped like a, like a flag in the winds as it came towards them, or came on, and frequently gave a great squirm as though suffering unutterable agony. So, McIntyre and Gray observed the phenomenon hover three or four hundred feet in the air for nearly an hour. I mean, that's a long time, man. I mean, like, even when we see, like, spaceships and, and, you know, things in the air, rarely do they hang around for an hour, right? I mean, even pilots who are seeing, like, UFOs while they're flying don't even see stuff in the air for an hour. So what could this thing be? What what could it have wanted? And what what was its purpose? So as we go on further, they actually have a cool clipping right from the paper. And it talks about the strange phenomenon. Now, this, is, this goes into, like, Old English. So uh, I'll do my best here. But it states a strange phenomenon. This is an actual newspaper clipping from 81, 19, uh, 1891. 1891, right? So we're talking, what, like 130 years ago? Uh, a horrible apparition hovers over the city at an early hour this morning. What Tam O'Santer saw on his famous ride was discounted this morning about 2 o'clock by what Marshall McIntyre and Bill Gray saw. They were at at that hour at the barn of William Martin on East Main Street hitching up the team to the ice wagon preparatory to leaving the ice house. While standing in the alley in the back of the stable, Mr. McIntyre suddenly felt a strange sensation of awe and dread coming over him. And looking up, he saw a horrible apparition approaching from the west. It was about three or four hundred feet in the air and the most gruesome and most gruesome in aspect. It was about 18 feet long and eight feet wide and moved rapidly through the air by means of several pairs of fins, which worked most sturdily. It was pure white and had no, de de bleh, no definite shape or form resembling somewhat a gray-white shroud fitted out with propelling fins. There was no tail or head visible, but there was one great flaming eye and sort of a wheezing plaintive sound that was emitted from the mouth. It flapped like a flag in the wind as it came on, frequently giving a great squirm as though it's suffering unutterable agony. Now we heard that earlier, but this is where it gets different. When it came to be directly over the residence of Mr. Martin, it began to sweep slowly and majestically around in a circle. It hovered thus for some time, and the watchers, fearing lest it was after their bacon, retired for safety to the shelter of the barn. The apparition finally flew off toward the east, but when it reached the city limits, it returned and began again to hover over Mr. Martin's house. 
Mr. McIntyre was in favor of arousing the family, but his companion interposed his objection, so the men watched it alone until after three o'clock when they drove off to the ice house, leaving the spook or whatever it was hovering high in the air. It remained there as long as they could see its position, but was gone when they returned at daylight. Both of them are much worked up over the affair, and very naturally associated with the supernatural. They will carry a Springfield rifle to the barn the next time they go, and if the apparition again comes, uh, flapping around, they will drill a hole with him, uh, drill a hole in him with an ounce of cold lead. That's from the Crawfordsville Daily Journal, September fifth, eighteen ninety-one. Now, what's interesting is McIntyre and Gray weren't the only witnesses that night. There was also a very reputable witness who was G. W. Schweitzer, a pastor at the First Methodist Church. Shortly after midnight, Schweitzer uh, stepped out of his door to retrieve some water from the well when he saw this, the apparition. He woke his wife, and they both gawked at, the, at this thing that, quote-unquote, swam through the air in a writhing, twisting manner, similar to the glide of some serpents. As the Schweitzers watched, a mystery apparition seemed at one point as though it might descend on the lawn of Lane Place, which is the home of the late U.S. Senator Henry S. Lane's widow, before it reascended and continued its circuitous route above the city. So this thing kind of like hovered around the city, not just even just one location. Like most ghost encounters, they, they stay on location in a home or around on the home's property. But this thing literally flew around the town and came back to the same location. I mean, some people kind of are writing this off as saying, oh, it's birds, or oh, it was this, or oh, it was that. But you know what? Birds probably wouldn't come back to the same location. People know what birds look like. And if it was a singular bird, it wouldn't have had a single red eye. I mean, this is really bizarre. This isn't even like a bipedal creature or, you know, a... Um, you know, Birdman or Mothman or Dragon, you know, this is a one-eyed, like, flowy, weird, snaky-like entity um, that's been reported by more than one person. Um, and they said it was 16 feet long. I mean, that's not the size of a bird, right? And eight feet wide. I mean, that thing is huge. They said it resembled the mass of a floating drapery, right? Like, imagine if you had drapery in your home. Um, but 16 feet long would be much longer than what most people could afford. And not nobody, you know, typically has 16 feet high ceilings um, or windows. So it's truly fascinating. Um, just trying to see if there's any other additional info I can provide here. Um, of course, this event had its own, you know, group of non-believers. Um, but there were so many people that did see it that it wasn't just a hallucination. Um, they actually did an episode on it for History Channel's Monster Quest. Um, and two eyewitnesses uh, actually tracked the creature as well. Um, John Horbeck and Abe Fernley followed this beast, uh, or followed the wraith about town and finally discovered it uh, to be a flock of many hundred killdeer. The many birds' wings, white underfeathers, and plaintive cries contributed to the belief 
many eyewitnesses that this creature could be from out of this world. This, so these are the guys that are kind of like debunking the story. But I just don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe that. So they have two guys that say, oh yeah, we found the, the truth. Now, you know, when it comes to like um, crop circles and things like that, there are some real crop circles and there's some crop circles that appear to be man-made versus alien-made. Um, <clears throat> but we've seen video of two balls creating uh, crop circles right before a video camera's eyes. They were rotating and created entire crop circle uh, symbology right before our very eyes. Meanwhile, we also had some fine young lads in England, you know, bored off of their, their, uh, their, uh, you know, pantaloons and, uh, decided to stomp around with some boards and create, uh, some crop circles of their own to try to, try to be funny or try to prove, you know, aliens wrong or whatever the case was. So we, you know, there's always going to be debunkers, but there's the people that saw what they saw and there's the people that want to try to prove that these guys were incorrect. Um, so what do you think about this particular adventure? It's interesting. I haven't heard about it before, um, but it's lasted over a hundred years. Um, and some people drew what they saw, which looked like this like long snake like entity. And, you know, again, I mean, it doesn't, an alien doesn't have to be what we typically think of as like, you know, bipedal creatures. Aliens can look like whatever they want to look like because they're aliens. I mean, there's stuff on the planet Earth that looks like aliens. So an alien that's coming to visit could look like a rug with an, with one eye. Who knows, you know? I mean, anything is possible <laughs> in the world of, of aliens these days. So do you think that, that this is an alien encounter? Do you think that this is uh, merely birds that um, <laughs> resembled a humongous tapestry? Could it be possible? Well, have you ever seen birds all move in one form uh, and turn and kind of swoop around and look like a humongous entity? I have. It's quite extraordinary. Uh, and not everybody gets to see it because it doesn't happen that often. However, it does happen. But that being the case, I would believe especially at 2 a.m., that an entity that's white wouldn't stand out. Like a bird that's white wouldn't stand out at night. You know, there's no light to reflect off of its feathers. But an alien might have some bioluminescence to make it seem as though it's lit, it's lit up. So check it out. See what you think. I'd be interested in hearing what you guys have to say. I have another couple podcasts I want to produce, but I wanted to put this one out for you guys to have a listen. And uh, stay tuned because I'm going to have another one coming right back, uh, back to back with this one. So hopefully you guys are taking care of yourselves physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care. Lockdown Universe out.